You're listening to Off the Rock, On the Record, a podcast by Obsidian Public Relations. We're stretching this season out over the last couple months of the year, focusing on some of our favorite things like football season, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and all of the winter holidays. We're going to talk about some things that are related to communication, just general living, and a ton of fun. So thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Off the Rock, On the Record. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Off the Rock, On the Record. I'm Taylor Jolly, and we are taking this season throughout the fall to talk about some of our favorite things that come along with the end of the year. Uh, We've talked about Halloween and football season, and so now we're transitioning into that November time of year, which in the United States, which is where we are, is all about Thanksgiving. So what is more apt to talk about around Thanksgiving than gratefulness? So I'm joined by our owner, Courtney Ellett. And she has worked really hard to build a culture of gratitude and thanks among our team. And so we're going to talk about what gratitude looks like in a professional setting, how to make it feel genuine, and how to make it a legitimate part of your culture. So, Courtney, thank you for joining me. Hey there. Thanks for having me. So I think that you would agree with this in conversations that we've had previously, um, that professional gratitude is a really healthy practice, but it is a practice. Um, So can you talk about Obsidian's approach to gratitude as a company, maybe from the owner's perspective and kind of how you um, built that? Sure, sure. Um, I think it's important to first say that we are a culture-centric group of people. And because of that, um, we are ever aware and ever mindful of what that culture means to our team um, and how that boils over into our client service, um, our professional development, how we treat each other, how we work alongside each other. So it goes without saying that when you create a really positive culture, or if that's your ambition, um, gratefulness uh, and thankfulness need to be a part of that. And so um, I'm just meant that way personally, that (laughs) gratefulness and giving and thankfulness is part of my DNA. So we just weave that into everything we do um, in small ways, big ways. Um, and we're entering, um, my favorite time of year, personally, um, I start getting, you know, giddy around September, uh, and this time of year always goes quickly, but I think it's just, um, kind of, I'm in my element in terms of, you know, being together, fellowshipping together, gifting, um, time, just, you know, time together is really important. Um, so, I think, I, you know, I, it's like I'm, again, in my element as we approach. And this almost gives me license to be the way I am um, as a leader, as a person. Um, and that manifests in a lot of different ways for our team. So you mentioned that you are a person who loves to give. I am also a person that loves to give. That is something that I enjoy doing. But that is not something that it comes natural to everybody. And so to some people, it can feel uncomfortable. Um, and they may even feel like they're not able to express gratitude appropriately in a professional setting. So as a business owner, and like you said, that has made gratitude part of our culture, what are some ways for folks to start to express gratitude in a workplace that might feel a little bit more attainable to them? Sure. Um, Well, you know, I'm an an Enneagram type too. I've I've alluded to that this is part of who I am. And you're right. Not everyone is as comfortable or maybe as... um, a parent, or it's just not something that drives them every day, although they are very grateful. I think role modeling is really important that we set up um, an example of big and small ways to say thank you and just have an attitude of gratefulness. 
you can not do anything, meaning you don't have to send an email or a G-chat or a gift, but just having an ad attitude of gratefulness is really important. So I think that's something really important for our team to see in action from our leadership team, that we treat each other a certain way, that we speak to each other with encouragement um, and thankfulness. So that's the easiest thing I think for us to do is act the way um, that expresses what we feel and that may come naturally when they're in an environment that encourages that. Um, for our clients, you know, our way of showing gratefulness tends to be um, uh, the small acts of the year, how we communicate to them. But all for me as a leader, you know, we look at Christmas gifts or holiday gifts in terms of how do we tangibly show them with a lovely note that their partnership is so important to us. Um, certainly we do that. We started a few years ago doing even like summer gift baskets. Uh, again, it's it's funny how the way I am as a leader just um, kind of I try to kind of smush it in all parts of the year in terms of gifting. Probably to the chagrin of some of our other team members, they're like, "Courtney, you're you're doing enough. It's okay." Um, but I am ever grateful, and so I just try to find ways to to manifest that. Um, so uh, again, client gifts, um, and then for our team that, um, really shows up in, uh, Thanksgiving and, and the holidays and Christmas, um, because we give each other a lot of time off, you know, number one, we're off for a week at Thanksgiving, a week, uh, or two weeks at Christmas, and they get to spend time with their family. And then we spend a lot of time together. Uh, we, do, you know, Christmas party and we do retreat and we find other ways to have fun with each other. Um, and that's really important. Um, but it doesn't have to be big budget spends. Um, you know, traditionally, um, it can be uh, something as simple as an acknowledgement on a great job done um, for the team or simply uh, us saying to a client how valued they are and how we are so appreciative of the ongoing um, partnership. Um, we've had clients who've been on with us since day one, 16 years-ish, and it's it's never a bad thing to remind them that we are so grateful that they trust us, and we're in that kind of relationship where there's a great deal of trust. So you talked about several things that are planned throughout the year, so holiday gifts, summer gifts, those things are easy to plan, um, and I think some people, I would argue incorrectly, say that it's not really being grateful or gracious if you plan it out throughout the year as a strategy. Um, but, but I disagree with that. And we're in the business of PR, so you have to do planning. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you can still be grateful, even if it's part of a schedule or an overall um, kind of model that you run every year? Sure. Um, and you're right. I, I think a lot of people would think it's disingenuous if it's planned, but you know, we in PR, we're planners. And if we don't plan it in some way, um, even if there's some spontaneity in that planning, um, it won't be a priority. So we literally look at the calendar um, and say, when do we need to start thinking about this? Or how, what's the cadence of, you know, Gold Star and staff meeting every Monday? And that at least provides us a, a framework um, to practice gratefulness. Um, but there's a lot of fluidity in that as well. Um, we do spur the moment things like going out to the Orpheum and having a ghost tour or getting together for lunch or fun surprises delivered to our team's door. 
Um, and those are just as meaningful and don't have to cost a lot um, when you compare it to even the Christmas things or, um, you know, in luxurious trips to Caribbean islands. Um, it's just a way to provide yourself a, a budget parameter um, and, and priority in terms of scheduling. So I think it's important to give yourself room for both. Mm-hmm. You know, practice regularly scheduled gratefulness, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and um, also um, mix it up. And you don't have to do the same thing every year or every month. You can decide that we used to, for example, in the fall, as soon as August to do some fun alma mater gifts as football season kicked off. Um, and then we we didn't do that. After, you know, we changed what that might be, that fun little morale booster, because you know uh, we did it already. So you can still create a rhythm that works for you, a budget that works for you, but and also your team. As your team changes, the way you express gratefulness can be different. Um, years ago, um, in our early years, we didn't have healthcare, meaning I did not provide healthcare coverage. Um, but as our team dynamic changed and we grew, I know that seems silly, right? That that's a part of gratefulness, but taking care of your employees is a part of culture and a part of gratefulness. And it was all of a sudden time to provide, you know, full healthcare, dental and vision. Mm-hmm. For um, never take it for granted because not everyone gets that in a, in a setting. And, you know, I will say that I'm, this is not me because I'm on the phone with my boss on a podcast saying this, but I just had a baby and I <laughs> am very grateful for our healthcare coverage because um, I was very fearful of what that would look like and it, it ended up being okay. Um, but I think what you said really hits home is yes, you're planning for giving because it's part of your culture, but if you, if your only thing that you're doing is like a box of chocolates on December 20th, then that could feel stale. But if you're being really thoughtful and you're working gratitude into your culture, even if you're working from a plan, like you said, you have to have a budget. So you've got to work from a plan. Um, it's going to feel more heartfelt and genuine. And it may not even be as much about that. It's planned timing, but that your gift makes sense and demonstrates your relationship. Like you said, with the football gifts, when you realize you've got an office full of college football fans, you've got an office full of SEC graduates, a small token with the turbis tumbler and some candy on the Friday before football season starts demonstrates that you care. And that's right. more important than just the gift itself. Right. So we've been talking a lot about gratitude kind of as an overall plan. Um, and so that begs the question, do you think that it always has to come from the top down or for it, for gratitude to really be infectious, do you have to create a culture so that gratitude is shared among the team? Well, that's a great question. And I think it's um, both. So top down is a must. Um, it, you know, if you can't uh, role model the behavior and the environment you seek to establish, um, I think it's going to be a really tough road ahead for your colleagues. Um, they need a good example. And that doesn't mean just owner or CEO. It means anyone in a leadership position. And depending on the size of your organization, it could be, you know, department or division leaders or, you know, your direct um, manager or director. And it certainly has to happen with the, um, you know, the C-suite, if you will, or the owner, um, because how can the managers have, you know, some kind of direction? Um, they might know as a person how to pra- practice gratefulness, but they may not have a roadmap for how that should play out in the organization. So first, for sure, you know, leadership must create 
um, just like with culture, um, um, an environment that nurtures that. Um, but just like culture, we've talked a lot about how the culture is so organic, um, but it still needs good leadership plans. And then it will just kind of germinate and, you know, do things on its own. And that's like gratefulness. If you have the right plan in place, employees, colleagues will learn from that. They will take, apply their own personal experiences and use those in the everyday interactions with each other, with clients. They will, you know, whether it's word choice um, in emails or word choice during, you know, staff meeting, uh, they will, you know, feel much more comfortable practicing gratefulness when they see others doing it and, and know that they're um, able to really um, do that without feeling like they're stepping out of bounds. So for sure, um, it, it's going to happen both ways. You're going to have a lot of organic um, things happening in among the ranks, but that only happens, I think, when a good example is set and some intentionality with it. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to close when we were talking about this episode, you sent me a list of really great questions that I thought could help somebody assess where they stand in terms of professional gratitude and how to maybe get to something that is more um, grateful and is really a daily practice. And so Courtney, would you run through um, some of those assessment questions that might help a leader evaluate what gratitude looks like in their business and how to strengthen it? Sure, sure. Um... I think the first question before they even ask about themselves as a leader, they maybe go look at, look at the company or the organization, you know, is gratefulness something that the company or the organization is really cared about and, and how does, how is, does it manifest itself um, in everyday operations? And so, so maybe that is, wow, I'm looking at how our employees treat each other when they team up and help each other. Is that, happening you know is that thankfulness happening in everyday interactions and once you really like look at the organization and that may require surveying your own employees right asking them what they think you know are we a, a grateful organization how do we practice it but the leader also needs to be very introspective in terms of whether or not the element of thankfulness is present you know what is that person's role and and how has he or she focused on it, um, you know, nurtured it um, for good or bad. If, if there's an absence of it, how can that change? If you've done it, what does that look like? How has it affected um, the organization in a great way? And how have you made gratitude a real priority tangibly, not just, you know, anecdotally? Also, um, when you look at your team, do you have leaders in place? And then your rank and file employees, do they practice that gratefulness every day and you know is it important to them because having the right colleagues in place and that really goes for any element of culture um, respect or professional development or engagement but thankfulness really starts with a person and their attitude so do you have the right people in place if you do fantastic it can only you know go up from there with a great leader who makes it a priority um, but so-called bad apples um, can really mess up the bunch, if you will, if they are kind of toxic or it's, you know, gratefulness is at the bottom of their priority list. Um, and then also from, you know, showing employees how you're thankful for them in small and big ways, how are you showing clients uh, that you care about that relationship? Um, it 
and that can be very different for an organization that's 2,000 people strong or 10 people strong or 1,000 clients strong or 10 clients strong. So there is no you know, set way to how to practice that. You have to look at your organization and what makes sense for your client base, um, what makes most sense for your employee base, um, because there is no uh, cookie cutter approach and certainly won't be meaningful if you try to approach it that way. And if you look at the way you're, you know, showing gratefulness to your employees or to your clients, you have to say, you know, is there a way to enhance it if we're doing a pretty great job or if we're not doing a great job, why aren't we? Is, is it the leadership uh, pushing it the right way? It's just not being received well by the employees. Um, do clients not really, you know, does it not resonate with them as you are grateful with them and show big little ways? Um, and then just take that intelligence that you draw from, you know, asking yourself the right questions, asking your team the right questions and develop a, a proper roadmap to how you want to practice it. And that, again, as with culture, um, it's, it's very difficult. You know, we don't even draw a plan go, here's how we're going to approach culture here at Obsidian this year. It's a conversation and it is a dynamic and fluid one. We know culture is a priority. So with every decision that we make, everything from staff meetings to retreat to how we even divvy out new clients, culture is always that voice that echoes like, how does this affect things? And is it, are there going to be adverse effects or is this only going to encourage our culture that we've worked so hard to establish? So I think it's right to have the right expectations that you can't literally draw out a 20 page plan necessarily for gratefulness, but it should be woven into everything you do and, and scheduled like we talked about, um, you know, be properly scheduled and properly, you know, off the cuff with your efforts throughout the year. And then and check in on them. You know, don't just put it on a shelf and expect it to work its magic for 20 more years. The environments change, um, situations change, just like we've experienced during the last few years um, with the pandemic. We have to constantly visit our efforts or they will grow stale. Absolutely. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Off the Rock on the Record. We only have one more episode left in this season, um, so stay tuned with us. And if you enjoy listening, please give us a five-star review or share us on the podcast recording place of your choice. And until next time, this is Off the Rock on the Record.